0: To have that experience of awe is, at least for the moment, to let go of yourself, to transcend
1: the sense of separation. Many of the great wisdom traditions of the Earth have pointed to what we're calling the Overview Effect. That is to say, they have realized this unity, this oneness of all life on Earth, and of consciousness and awareness.
0: Hello Earthlings and welcome back to the Overview Effect, the show about the moments that shape us, those experiences that resonate with our soul and make us feel a sense of connection to something bigger than our day-to-day lives. I am your host James Perrin and it's good to be back. It's been six weeks since the last episode and Look, that's due to the catastrophic flooding that has taken place here in the Northern Rivers on Bunjilung country, as well as up and down the east coast of Australia. And look, you've seen the news, you've seen the photos, you've heard the stories. It's been absolutely devastating. And at the same time, it has been so incredible to see the community connection that has come from it in lieu of any centralized, coordinated response. And after two years of separation, isolation, classification, segregation, we've seen the community completely self organize and support one another just out of the goodness of their hearts. And that has been beautiful amongst the chaos. But let's get into today's show. My guest today is, I'd like to use the word dynamic. Mason Taylor is the CEO and founder of Superfeast, which is a company that educates about and promotes and sells Taoist tonic herbs, including medicinal mushrooms. And they also have the Superfeast podcast, which covers all sorts of topics around physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health and well-being. But in this conversation, we don't really talk about Superfeast or mushrooms at all. Usually in these conversations, I have a bit of a skeleton of where I'd like it to go. But knowing Mason and knowing his tendencies, I went into this one completely unstructured and I just loved where it went. Mason starts by sharing his background into Taoist herbalism and how through observing and understanding herbalism, he really gained this context for seeing the world in a more connected way. And we just go on from there to talk about a wide range of things, including the downsides of societal reductionist thinking, our experiences getting drawn into ideological pitfalls and becoming missionaries in the realms of health and diet and politics and religion. We talk about the importance of comedy in connecting us through a universal language, but also in just questioning the status quo and so much more. You're just going to love it. And whilst we don't really talk about Superfeast, I highly, highly recommend you check them out. On their website, they have a ton of online articles, podcasts, and of course, incredible mushroom and tonic herb blends, which I personally have noticed incredible changes in my energy since taking them. I have completely replaced coffee and quit my coffee addiction by replacing it with the Jing herbal blend and my energy levels and adrenals have never felt better. Superfeast are offering 10% off to listeners if you use the code OVERVIEW that's O V E R V I E W at the checkout 10% discount at superfeast.com.au Now that's all for the intro. Please enjoy this one. You're just going to love it with Mason Taylor. All right. Mason CEO, founder of Superfeast and self-confessed meme lord.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Really appreciate being here.
0: Oh, man, I appreciate being here. I'm here in your Superfeast podcast studio, which is way more professional than what I do. In the lair. In the lair. Who knows what time it is out there? It's kind of almost like a um, sensory deprivation chamber in here.
1: I studied casino tactics. That. Oh, yeah. oh, does that mean every every 10 hours someone will come in with like a tray of food and just check, out, check in on us, make sure we're not going to leave? That's it. And that, that's why when you go into the bathrooms later, you'll see there's like, there's free adult nappies. <laughs> <in> the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Oh,
0: so good. Well, Mason, you know the context of the show, the mm-hmm. overview effect, this idea that... Um, that we can have these moments in our life that radically kind of shape us and who we are. And I particularly love the, the imagery, the, the kind of archetype or the contrast of an astronaut, you know, being so cold and hard and factual and an- analytical and then going off and seeing Earth from space and having this spiritual, this emotional, this, you know, ethereal connection with who they are and how they want to be. Have you had any moments or experiences in your life that have really dramatically shaped who you are and how you choose to live your life?
1: I've been thinking a lot about it, especially since yesterday. And just kind of like, you know, little framing up of the... That's kind of the only framing we've, we've given this podcast, which mm-hmm. I love. It's like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like, yeah, the answer is definitely yes. I kind of... I, I, I live a lot with my head in the clouds. So those spiritual experiences, I probably didn't need anymore. It's probably like already, you know, naturally just when I went into, you know, when I started entering into, you know, like tonic herbalism and the, the magic of medicinal mushrooms and kind of started like you know decolonizing my mind and returning to more of a conversation around harmony which is applicable to health over a decades long span versus sitting in a pure reductionist um put the scalpel to the anatomy and come into balance which is a stagnant thing you're healed from this symptom and then going like but well, what happens at the end of that conversation what happens at the end of all right you know we've you know alleviated your symptomology, you know, your disease state, your markers are in a particular place. All right, great, now off you pop. And there's so much like, I just couldn't handle the, you know, I'm like so happy for people when they'd be like, you know, wow, I'm clear. And I'll be like, oh my God, the the amount of like subconscious putting up of concrete walls of ignorance to and crossing your fingers in hoping that that thing, that symptom, you know, whether it's one you've had or one that you possibly have could possibly creep up in into the future. It kind of seemed like a, you know that that ignorance not being bliss but we do it so like so often and i remember being in year 8 driving to school and hearing statistics around men with cancer and you know everyone with like diabetes and one in 5 and one in two men with cancer and one in three women i'm just like ugh this crossing your finger hoping that you don't become a mm. a statistic really yeah it really irked me and so when i started that initial con- you know p- coming into you know wanting her to you know like uh, loving herbalism and loving the concept of like going oh you know exploring what's this body um you know I don't like you know f- I had a moment where I dropped in in when I was in Bolivia I was in a, like a savannah. I was in like a you know it's on a real old quick you know rickety bus it's for no reason I think like I like it was just no reason I just kind of dropped into my body it's kind of a regular occurrence now but that extent at that time it was like wow I can like I'd feel my exhaustion and these immune things that were going on for me, not in isolation, but I could just feel them connected to everything else. And I didn't feel like out of harmony, but I could feel this like capacity to come a little bit more into, you know, into, you know, my own flow with, you know, whatever harmony is, we'll go into it later. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to throw those terms around and think that it's something stagnant. Um, or just something ornamental that we say in the West Knowing that our, our, you know, ideological reductionist systems towards healing or life You know, that's the real way And there's this nice ornamental, fluffy, you know, come into harmony And be connected and everything is oneness It's just like, yeah, but we know the real deal It's like, this is like, you know, Western medicine is the real stuff Or Western Chinese medicine is the real stuff yes. but not- We pay it lip service and yeah. it's really to our detriment because yeah. that's like, it's like playing lip service to another language, mm. you know, and thinking that there's not going to be any use in any in speaking anything else but English or Latin, which is like such, you know, like you can see the trajectory we're going to go on if we only speak in that way and we only talk about, say, an adrenal gland as an adrenal gland in isolation and we treat it and maybe we have an understanding of the impact or the pathway that it has through like our HPA or a thyroid but that constant isolation and relating to like just that that little gland you put a scalpel to that gland and like cut it out and study it that's a very particular way to approach life and that's a particular language and in, in, in a way to speak to life where we very could have easily related to the adrenal gland and studying it with with a Western, you know, like put a scalpel to the body. It maybe could have been related to in terms of how those, you know, rather than having an isolated word for adrenal gland, it very well could have been we instead only focus and describe on how that function impacts the entirety of the body. And Mm -hmm. that could have been something that was focused on and completely taken Western medicine down a different trajectory. So when you look at, you know, when you, when you, so this is where I'm kind of coming kind of describing or like my head being in the clouds. Like I lived, like, you know, when I first had my coming, you know, coming home to myself moment in Bolivia, then started studying herbalism and I wanted herbs to be a part of my life. I'm studying Western herbalism, which is amazing. But then saying, it does this function, beep, beep, boop, it yes. is this, you know, um, this symptom, beep, 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 boop. Yeah. I just don't work that way. <laughs> and I love people that do work that way. And so for me, finding Taoism and many other ancient systems and then observing them bring, bring words to a collection of functions within the body that emanates into something that can be perceived by myself and lots of other people and has context in a harmonious manner and it's relevant in this moment as well as being something you can connect to and has relevance for 50 years from now rather than an adrenal gland mm. in cortisol. You know, it's just like, mm. it's a real, you know, different languages and I love them both. So I kind of lived in that realm, like immediately, I became like obsessed with that. You know, that, that. It's a spiritual moment, but... Yeah.
0: Do you know what I'm hearing in that, which is really interesting, is that you're through herbalism and your approach to health and understanding health in a much more holistic, there's another word we throw around sometimes, but a much more... Um, broader way of thinking about health rather than just this linear this does this does this does this and it's like studying things in isolation through that paradigm shift in thinking about health it actually flowed to other ways that you live your life and think about your life and what's interesting is that I've had the same experience but through environmentalism you know and I studied chemical and environmental engineering and it was very like okay now we're this semester we're going to study heat transfer, and this semester we're going to study particle dynamics, and it was all very isolated. And then I started learning about Earth system science and Gaia theory, and how everything interacts with one another. And I started seeing—I became an environmental activist, and I was, you know, fundraising for organisations. And I saw that this organisation has a campaign about this rainforest, and this organisation has a campaign about climate, and this organisation has a campaign about plastic in the ocean, and we're treating them all separately. But when you step back and it's actually, ironically, that metaphor, that overview effect, you see how everything is actually linked. And rather than looking at these individual things in isolation and trying to band-aid them, like we do in the health system, you have a symptom, you go to a doctor or a pharmacist and here's a pharmaceutical and band-aid that and don't actually look at your body holistically. We not only broaden our perceptions on those topics, but we actually change the way we think about our approach to all areas of life, right? And that's really interesting that you found it through the body and health and I found it through environmental system science, right? Or in looking at an environmental system. It's fascinating. Mm. That's that
1: paradigm shift. The And the validity, I talk about it a lot in becoming, making sure you don't become a boring person that's stale who, you know, not that it's all about me, but I've met so many people stuck in their ideological talking points that they just mm-hmm. bore the shit out of me. And I'm like, why, Why you know, you? what it tells me is you're, you don't have an intricate... Um, understanding of your field where it's been integrated in yourself enough you know where you can actually return to the holistic harmonious flow of life in yourself where you cultivate you know your own personal culture where you can have dynamic conversation you're too scared to let go of your ideology and your talking points mm. and to so become one of these boring people that i just can't stand being in a corner of a party with or i kind of do because i'm like put little put little like you know jabs in and see if they if whether they're aware enough (laughs) to know that i'm taking the piss or not (laughs) which comes back to the memes
0: (laughs) do you know what's really funny i had a few notes we as you said right up front of this conversation there was no real structure to this one um intentionally i've got a few little notes and i thought oh maybe we'll kind of start with the journey of super feast and things like that but Where I knew the conversation was going to get to, perhaps not this fast, is exactly this topic, which I love, which is this idea that we try to find the quick fix to problems, right? In health, in environment, in a whole range of things. And in doing that, we actually give up our own sense of power, our own sovereignty. We outsource our thinking to others, to quote unquote experts who have studied these Um, reductionist these individual areas but haven't really broadly integrated integrated with themselves the bigger system and so what we do as society particularly in the west is we outsource our thinking to these people or these bodies or these governments or these corporations or whatever it is and we see that across the board we see that in health you know you go and yeah, get a pharmaceutical Band-Aid. Oh, I've got another issue. You go see a different specialist and you get a different treatment. You got you go see a different specialist. We see that in, like I said, environment. could be like farming. Oh, I've got this pest. Spray it with insecticide. Oh, I'm not having this yield. Throw some fertilizer on it. We see it in a whole range of things. But really what we're coming back to, it feels like, is nurturing the conditions for the natural systems to thrive, right? So... In health, it's around what the work that you guys do, and you can elaborate the, on this, is supporting the body's natural functions, right? In farming, the metaphor, it's not about the product; it's about nurturing the soil, and then the plants nat- that you want naturally come from the soil. I, I, you know, I even see it in things like um, I used to be an innovation manager for a big multinational. And it Sounds like a cool, fancy job, but. Um, but it wasn't because- I'm definitely
1: it, more intimidated by you now. Well, it
0: wasn't true. In, yeah, I know I'm trying to like, I'm leaning in, this is my power play. Well, that's your flex, <laughs> eh? Well, it's working. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it actually wasn't innovation. It was, um, it was what's the ne- next trend? Oh, this is a trend, this is a trend. Quick, how do we make a product to plug that hole and ride that wave? Whereas true innovation, you don't go into work and go, okay, now I'm going to sit down with a pen and paper and innovate, go. Right, you create the conditions- mm-hmm for which innovation to occur. Mm. And I'm starting to see this in so many areas of society that it just feels like we're coming back to that way of thinking, you know, and it's led by the health movement, I think, by by folks like you and, and Superfeast. It's like returning to what's our natural holistic way of functioning and how do we support that rather than try to reduce down to these individual variables. I think that's cascading to a lot of other industries as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I, I would say, I agree, somewhat around the, on the health scene, being really pioneering there. That's probably one of the places where there's the most traps to fall into, um, ideological pitfalls where you lose your own identity and you become a missionary for some new i you know way of thinking mm. and there's as you progress through the health scene you know you get sneakier and sneakier at you know pretending like you're a real sovereign thinking you know free you know just like you know you've really you know I've really developed my own path it's like how it's like you know when you hear like with the yoga teachers you're like what do you practice and they think you know they're like oh you know well i'm kind of develop my own little system i'm like well bravo you <laughs> know like, like yeah, so unique but, um, but it's, it's a, it is, it's definitely, it's the the pitfall is, is real because it lives within a world of morality, whether it's right or wrong, which is a really fun place to play around with, but unless you can integrate with your, that part of yourself that isn't mind-based and doesn't perceive things with a, a right or wrong, um, I don't know, and I, and I'll just I will point out as well. I'm really I really enjoy like like I had a real strong intention of coming into this conversation where I like getting to these stumble points because I just I really don't like rattling off things that I've said before or yeah. know before. So just just to heads up for you and everyone listening, like I really enjoy that awkward yeah. space um of that tent that talk. tension space when I'm when I get like, like exactly where I'm at now because I can be a real like talker. I can really, you know, <laughs> and, and say lots of pretty things. But um that pitfall I've been talking about for like a decade to myself because I've been so hyper aware of there within the health scene being no term awareness of um, education around the fact that when you pick up the tools or the list of things that are right or wrong or that you do do or you you don't do that are all about us being right you know, whether it's a particular dietary approach or it's like a, you know, particular person's approach like Wim Hof or Ray Pete or something like that. Or it's a, you know, it might not be about all us being right. It might, you know, form identity around pointing out why other people are wrong, the pharmaceutical model, veganism, carnivore. And there's hints of it everywhere. There's different shades. It's very colorful. It's very sneaky and it's fun. And I, and I like I like playing in that realm to an extent, but in excess, like anything, it leads you to either becoming an asshole, ignorant boring, Um, you know, as you go further and further down the line and you further and further, you know, fall out of these ideologies and feeling like, my God, I was wrong. I was hoodwinked. They're destroying people's health there. And you start forming your identity in opposition to where you have been or opposition to something out there mm-hmm. that you think wow that makes you know that gives me some orientation i'll push back against the pharmaceutical model or i'll push back against whatever republicans or democrats and that helps me orient myself which um again I, as i say is fun and if you get stuck there within that ideological pitfall you ultimately um becoming a missionary for particular ideas because i would you know, I would say there's no education about the fact that when you enter into these ways of thinking, there is going to be a moment where it's going to be appropriate, where you would have ended your process of being ideologically aligned or drawing parts of your your mannerisms from that group or that philosophy or that way of thinking. And it'll be tools down and time to move on Without it, and and go through that subtle stage of integration and coming back into your own agency, or you know awareness of you know your own self cultivation, which is really scary. But there's 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 not there's not often a facilitation of that. You kind of you you, you kind of need to find it upon you find it yourself, or you know maybe you come across a very well integrated ninety year old that has you know you know not not gone you know so far i'm going at 70 all right this is just i'm too tired to go on anymore and so i'll just act like i don't care but stay in this ideology you know not have room to move but the whole point of Taoism is to get to the point where your shen your personal you know capacity to integrate life's experience is so strong and and powerful and you're so well integrated in, in in your own personal system that there's no need to lean anymore you can mm. stay in your own center your own Hara you know your own you know center of the universe Dante and whatever it is and I think in activism it's the same there's there's no education around going through that process you know we're not in a right and wrong you're in a learning you're in school and then I'd love you to graduate and move on mm. we don't have a lot of mentors and teachers that are really really happy to see people move on and think, I've got these people for a short amount of time, maybe maybe a couple of decades, maybe a few weeks, whatever it is. And I'd really hope that the quality of what I teach them not only prepares them for that that time when, you know, their mind needs to be slippery enough because they will lose their identity and, and they will follow. If you ever read June, it's what Paul goes through when he's becoming a god internally and he's in a dialogue, knowing that people are going to follow him and turn him into a religion. And I really, you know, I kind of related to that because I've fallen so hard into, you know, that. That, that
0: was going to be my, my question is, are you speaking from experience here? Have you had, have you found yourself go like full head and shoulders into an ideology and then years later completely flipped and the pendulum swung and you've gone in an opposite direction? You've had to break that down?
1: Yeah, that's like, that's my whole story. <laughs> like, that's yeah. like literally my whole story. And every, yeah. anyone that's heard me podcast or a talk, I... I personally perceive, and and, and so i like I use my platforms to undergo my own, pro, you know, go through my own processes and try and ensure that I'm um, only sharing concepts that when they've uh, for what I can tell have come to a particular maturation point where it's now not oversharing for the sake of it, and it's I'm feeling I'm I'm sharing from a place that's solid enough. Even though I'm stumbling, I feel like I'm in retrospect really trying to make sense of my own path and. If I'm going to bring up the fact that there's a lack of terminology and maturation, you know, and, and maturity, you know, I should say, like within the, the you know, the health cliques and the health scenes where people aren't, you know, really articulating this process and being really embedded within their teachings, keeping the mind slippery enough where that person, it's, it's in the teaching where they, it will push someone away um, conscientiously mm. and hopefully, really and hopefully give them a context where you haven't tried to be over- warning people as they go through that beautiful process of losing themselves and their identity in that path because that's an important part and at least if they're low-hanging fruit at least hopefully they're in a safe environment where you take responsibility for you know the leadership that you have vulnerable minds low-hanging fruit that are very easy to manipulate Mm -hmm. and that's like me in business like right now i'm kind of going through my throes it's been 10 years but you know I'm quite. I feel quite solid within the way that I'm designing my life I and mean, relating to myself as an 80-year-old, 90-year-old, and my thoughts around you know what is healthy and unhealthy and all that. I'm kind of. I feel quite solid. But then when I think about you know business development, I'm like, oh Jesus, you know, like I'm like I, I'm not super. I'm not you know, but like I'm applying the same principles and mm-hmm. giving myself the awareness that this too shall pass. You know, my wife has that tattooed on her wrist. Don't worry. This confusion and losing yourself in this process—it too shall pass, and you will uh, keep yourself in a in a in a place where this this is going somewhere. Um, You brought up, you know, taking on like a, a self responsibility before and i think there's nuances to the quality of that being like a personal development i take responsibility because it's a morally correct thing to do and i'm going to take responsibility for what's happening to the oceans cuz those assholes did this and that and i'm taking responsibility you know there's like that's a that's really nice and that needs to be fostered but also with a in a i feel it like in a somewhat um non you know like uh, what's the word i'm looking for in a, in a way of a leader in that community, not you know being responsible for the you know that that innocence, um, and not been patronising in pointing out you know that you know perhaps this is just a phase and it will ease, but you know, you know lead by example and show that maybe it, you maybe it will continue to pass in your in yourself. And mm. if uh, let me uh, let me just talk about the the, the, the thing that, you know when you talked about taking on responsibility, yeah. and yeah. I I, talk, I think about the quality of that a lot. And as I told you, I'm like kind of reevaluating like the values. I've got my, you know, the first like real, like organized offsite going on soon. It's just like, it's a pillar got to, I have to have rather than it just being random as I've done it in the past. It's for us, it's called the immortal dragon because we look at more the immortal reality of what, you know, what we're working with here with the herbs and, you know, and, and, you know, a business with this particular intention. And then we get to look at like, you know, 10 years and three years and one year generally, mm. how we're going to orient yourself. And I'm just presenting what I call the virtues um values principles whatever you know as i was telling you it's like it's a real i caught myself going like yeah i'd love i want everyone to be you know take responsibility for when things go wrong instead of bringing me the problem all right that's it so we take responsibility you assholes. like there you go there's a value in your face you know or like you know <laughs> like the integrity that means you probably show to your meeting on time okay <laughs> <And> like <laughs> <laughs> Rather than like <laughs> you're looking back, I have really. I've been like, wow, like I'm looking back at like what's there, which is so exhausting. By the way, to keep up that charade and try and be that like authoritarian, necessary sometimes that energy. But when I look at it, like I call them virtues because virtues in, in a Taoist sense is what emerges from the organs as a natural process of you know, being in flow and the qi, qi being in flow and the yin yang undergoing its, um, its you know, natural harmonious transformation cycles. Which is the difference between traditional Chinese medicine, which was coined and created essentially in the fifties from a deconstructed and um, an ornamental classical Chinese medicine arising from from Taoism? They're different. Mm. Classical, traditional. They're different. Right. People teach traditional now. It's a westernized um, model which you can commodify, which is what we've done in business. Interesting. Yeah, and so
0: just like our current healthcare system, where we started, you know, this kind of like breaking mm. it down into a linear. You know, this herb does this for this and this herb does this for this, rather than looking at the interplay, the spaces between
1: Yeah. And it's been done very sneakily because it convinced everyone that they're you're doing Chinese medicine as it always has been. It's just better. It's like mm. you know, and it's it's really um it could be a really great opportunity to acknowledge this is a special like there's a you know, it's like another arm. It's like there have been so many arms of Taoism. It's not just one Taoism, there's so many arms of you know, Buddhism and you know, ways of approaching life that are, you know, earth-based and it's like, oh, wow, you've got this interesting diverse way of approaching it and we have this way and, you know, wow, great. Let's just like appreciate their their own different languages Mm. and have their own specializations and see what naturally emerges through our collaboration and respect of each other. Um, Western medicine and traditional Chinese medicine has gone, you know, a bit off its head in um, (laughs) especially Western medicine. It could be such, can you imagine if it was like, fun to play with you know like in terms of like i'm you know oh let's you know let's jam yeah. but versus like get out of here i I bloody you know you, you, if there's anything serious going on you're not allowed you're not allowed <laughs> that's our. Al. and well what about the fact that you've got an abysmal record on like treating mm. you know disease states and infectious disease hey get out of here we're the best you got but you're not even like ah i said the best we've got <laughs> see that piece of paper over there <laughs> yeah. i spent 10
0: years of my life getting that piece of paper yeah, and it's and and do you know what's funny about that is that um, is that humor is actually the language of all of us. Well, right? This
1: is where I I will just i was That's the one thread I needed to go off. Is you said the health scene is at the, kind of like at the at the front, mm. you know. But I would argue it's actually the com, you know the comedian, you know, mm-hmm. coyote energy, dingo energy, that jester. I would say it's the comedians. Why comedians have come into such notoriety that mm. are actually. The, you don't know, is it chicken or egg? Are they at the end of the process, the start of the process? Are they initiating that, that move towards harmony? Are the qi transforming towards the state it means to be, which has been lost in traditional Chinese medicine? It's called qi hua in classical Chinese medicine. Work on that transformation cycle, moving from one space to a different, one formation to another, mm. one bit of resonance with nature to another, yin to yang, yang to yin, to, you know, aggressive to patient. All those, you know, from passion, ex- exuberant passion to serenity and different shades of serenity and passion inside of each other. What's that? How are we transforming between spaces? That's the main difference b- b- between going, you're in this disease state, you have these symptoms, I'm going to move you back to balance. Balance is like, oh, that, you know, just just going to stay there. It's like if you're like standing, I'm like, all right, then stop. <laughs> you're balanced you know it just doesn't exist so the comedian i i that's why i think you bring it up humor. i'm like that's the comedians i feel i feel like the actual ones yeah and that's
0: really lacking in in particularly the healthcare system but a lot of
1: other areas of our life and i don't know those nurses doing those tiktoks during the pandemic <laughs> they're pretty
0: funny well they're so quirky and, the, well, and the, re- the reason why that's gaining popularity is because that's what. We're that's liking. the best you've got. You're so
1: quirky. Oh my God, Sharon, you just like you were like <laughs> dancing in the emergency room. You and you like you made a TikTok. You're so quirky. That's what happens when you allow people to laugh at boring jokes. That's when you censor people and don't allow them and yes. you know your children to yeah. be exposed to things that are actually funny and satirical. They think that that's funny and so quirky.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and do you know what? The, um, <laughs> no offence to any talk- nurses who yeah. listening. Who uh, actually love, like them? We love our yeah. TikTok nurses here. Uh, <laughs> do you know? I mean, we even talked. To, you mentioned you brought up languages before, and you know, this idea that we have this language and this language, and this is the 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 official language of this country and this is the official language and that there are multiple languages but there are also multiple ways to communicate there's body language there's intention there's you know energy flow and humor is the universal language and anyone that's done any kind of spiritual work you get to humor and you're like oh yeah okay there's gold here there's wisdom here that's that is universal everyone gets humor and just looping back to what you were saying around our our um our experts, you know, mm-hmm. and our, uh, our, our doctors or scientists or whoever has the piece of paper says, this is the, the, the I'm the voice of authority. What they don't have is that space for humor and play. And that is part of the healing process. That is, if we look at things holistically, that is completely lacking in our society today. Our ability to laugh at ourselves. And, and with that comes... Potentially, the ability to de-identify with these ideologies that we so strongly hold on to, right? Mm. And mm. and and this is yeah, yeah
1: praise. Well, no, you're <laughs> right because that like the the comedians, rightfully so, and it doesn't have to be comedians. People can do it with nuanced, intelligent dialogue, mm. or just living their life out in a way that is integrous, that is offensive to um, to someone else. But that offense, I really, like, I mean, it's people like, you know, what's the one thing you've done to make sure that you, like, really stay on track in your own agency and essence? And I've really, um, I've gone, like, somewhat reluctantly at times, but I've gone with a dog with a bone towards the things that really offend me or trigger me or when I feel personally attacked by someone. I've, um, you know, gone through those initial phases of like, you know, getting through and realizing, oh my God, tickling on a little bit of truth here. Mm. What is that truth? What have I not thought about? And just getting offended because I don't actually know how to talk about this thing. I haven't acknowledged it. I'm a fr- I am actually have left the center of my essence and who I am, which, you know, endows them the, the element of the, you know, the, um the, the spleen soil. I've come too far away from, you know, my own groundedness and soil, you know, the center of my own wheel, my elemental wheel. And I've gone off as in, in, in an ideology and then someone pushes me a little bit, I just fall over yeah. rather than standing solo myself. So I've gone like with a dog with a bone after people who oppose me and um, to the point where I, you know, my self dialogue in the shower used to be about defending, you know, my raw foodism, for example. And now it's turned to and I, you know, it's started like I kind of things would just pop up and I'd be critiquing myself and i'd be like finding myself trying to defend on you know myself uh, from like these like ha- this con- yes,
0: having these internal arguments yeah. yes i know exactly, I know exactly uh-huh. what you mean
1: and now I, I, I really seek them i really seek them out you know like yeah. i like you know and that's it's the really it's a really high quality thing that's you know you can you know whether you consider yourself comedically driven or not you know for me it's actually all i wanted to do as a kid i when as an 18 year old leaving school i was like the only thing i like is comedy but i couldn't see any i didn't find myself particularly funny at that point and i, I you know, without life experience, which I don't think I was, but you know, it was like, all right, cool, suppress that and you know, go forward and try and find myself in other, um, you know, ways of being in ideological circles. And then it ends up here, and I'm like, oh, cool, I do like comedy again. And that's of but anyone can develop that skill to, um, watch for the thing that triggers you the most. And real, and I'm just like, it's like at this point, I can't think of an example where someone getting triggered, I think it can be used. It doesn't mean you need to make yourself bad. And if you're triggered, you can use that passion that you have, of course, to advocate for what you feel and know is true. I'm not saying everyone just becomes like a floppy fish and just never actually has any conviction because you know your opinion's going to change. It's different. Watch your edges. Watch you don't go too far into dictating because you don't actually know what you're going to find out later. And you might get a little bit embarrassed looking back at, you know, the things that you said 10 years ago that projecting your shit on everyone else. But... Nonetheless, you really got to go looking and searching for those things that trigger the shit out of you. And even like there's some pretty... That's what comedians do and, you know, there's a lot of... That's what intelligent people do. And, you know, and there's some things, you know, there's some really heinous things out there, you know, like things to, to talk about. And so, you, you got to be really gentle with yourself to not go too far into the trigger that you're in your actually sympathetic nervous system your your fight or flight. You need to sit on that edge. And even those things that, you know, really trigger you the most if you can just like sit there and be like okay if any if one thing you haven't thought about it from all angles in order to really stand firm and solid within your conviction and have your roots growing deep and actually you know no you don't you're not reacting because you actually have spent time contemplating it or it is going to be something where you can, you know, it's a, it's going to be an exercise in developing empathy. If someone brings up say, like something that's so in opposition, feels so heinous to you, for your capacity for you to widen, your capacity to empathize and feel like, where is this coming from? Like, what is this a symptom of? But mm. not go into that reaction. Um, and we talk you know, it's a, like, non-reaction is, um, you know, is a thing that everyone's like, don't react, don't go into non-reaction. Like, I go into reaction all the time and then I contemplate it. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and 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 that that sense of developing that sense of self awareness and self reflection is really, it's really key. Like, I mean, this what we do, what I've certainly done, and what I've observed others doing, um, is yes, we we attach ourselves to an ideology, whatever it may be, and then we integrate that into our identity. I definitely did this with veganism, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Where, mm, mm. Yeah,
0: haven't we all? I mean, mm, we've all mm. gone through that one, which is like, guys, I found the answer. Seriously, guys, guys, <laughs> seriously, I found I found the answer. Climate, environment, health, everything. This is the this is the this is the silver bullet. If we just all did this, and if you all thought the same way I did, the world would be amazing. And what happens is that we then absorb that ideology into who we are we define ourselves by and go i am james and i am a vegan and then later when things change because everything changes maybe new information comes to light maybe new feelings or intuitions come up maybe just that was served a purpose for a period of time in your life but it's not the way you're supposed to live your life forever you know we never talk about that and things and diet and lifestyle might change with age but um a lot of people will do one of two things. They'll either hold on to that ideology so strongly because letting go of it means to actually break down their identity. And that's scary. That's terrifying to break down your identity and reflect on who you are and go, Whoa, I was walking a path, that now I need to walk a different path. A lot of people aren't willing to do that. And that's with a lot of things. Religion relationships you know so many things people get stuck on a certain path because they've identified with it and are not willing to break that down and change because it's embarrassing as well it's embarrassing it's hard it's like there's might be guilt or shame or whatever wrapped up in that and that's really hard and there's no pathway for people to be kind of nurtured or mentored through that breaking down that identity and a lot of people have dark nights the souls or midlife crisis or whatever and they blow their life up because they haven't. No, they don't know this way to actually change and break down who they were and become the next person themselves. And in doing that, sometimes people do the opposite and they swing, no, and swing they go st- the complete opposite. But what they're doing, it's it's the same approach. You're still absorbing an ideology. It's just a different yeah. one.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's because it's at that point, and I get it because I know I think this is a very valid psychological, you know, aspect. But like, as long as it doesn't get attached to, but you're so embarrassed, and you maybe got the tattoo, even if you got the, you know, just the tattoo via your branding, and the only way for you to justify the swing is to treat yourself like I was a victim to mm-hmm. something, and therefore you play the poor me card or now i'm empowered and i'm gonna pick you know pick up the the torch and pitchfork mm. which is just as boring it can and sometimes people get stuck there for the rest of their lives yep. and you feel that's the difference between you know and let's like you know point let's like you know get some you know, let's paint some fun you know like like so let's make sure that we you know trigger a couple of people I don't have any like form jokes or anything like that but you go from like a vegan male who's got, like, a tofu penis who can't, you know, like, from being vegan to being, like, you know, so offended they go in the other direction and then they just begin into carnivorism and so, like, rather than become that spongy, soft you know, piece of, you know, piece of meat that can't actually get anything done in the world, you go to like a rigid meat-eating, ancestral, like leathery kind of, you know, like uninteresting piece of flesh that, you know, can't, you know, doesn't actually have any form or function. It just sits there being resentful towards its previous self and other people that oppose where their their life. Now, it's a natural progression, mm. but it just, you know, it's, it's really uninteresting. And again, it's the education that like, you're going to go through this process? Don't worry you're going to come out the other side of it this too shall pass mm. it's in a way it's actually it's actually we're still seeking that
0: quick fix just like how we can practically we're looking for that quick fix for this symptom or this quick fix for this issue um, what people are doing what we're doing when we attach ourselves to these ideologies is we're looking for that quick fix for who we are you know we're not actually doing the inner work the shadow work and understanding who we are, what we want, how we want to live our lives and constantly doing that over. You don't just do that once and go, this is me. Doing that over and over again, instead of doing that, which is hard, which is really fucking hard. I actually spent three days last week in silence, fasting in a cave, right? That was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I literally didn't move. I just sat there for three days with my thoughts. and Mm. no, No technology, no food, no one to speak to, nothing. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever done because it was this like all of these thoughts and emotions and feelings and reflections and everything came up and we don't do that and instead what we do is we look for that quick fix and go oh here's this religion or here's this spirituality or here's this ideology and that's who I am and that's how I feel the hole in my heart because what I haven't been able to cultivate myself yeah.
1: Right, and go into then just go and gathering evidence and justification for why that's a really good place for you to be. It's like, mm. hey, bro, you know, when I have a hard on, it's like tofu. Yeah, I don't think girls even like hard, the rock hard cocks. Yeah, let's do let's shatter the patriarchy by having tofu bonus for the rest of our life. Yeah, high five, man. Yeah, let's do it. I'm a feminist now. That's why I have a tofu hard on, a soft spongy. <laughs> And a, like, you can see that like, do you guys even hear yourself? But I have a lot of empathy because you got to talk to yourself. you got, you got to kind of be like, I'm, I'm right. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Well, I've, <laughs> and then
0: oh, I've, I found this guy. This guy's a vegan bodybuilder. So, I'm going to follow him and look. He oh, looks my God. And then it becomes yeah. this like echo chamber because all you, you wake up, first thing you see on your phone is reinforcing the belief that you've chosen because you haven't actually... looked at every single avenue and cultivated within yourself (laughs) where you truly are Uh, and see like well
1: that guy (laughs) and i think it really needs to come back i mean like hey guys like it's like coming at it from like i watch myself when i get bored with my i guess i've often at times that's how i use it as my barometer of how you know kind of i consider like interesting and impactful they're kind of like two like axes which is funnily how we like you know um kind of how we choose what projects are coming next in the business, you know, like how, you know, the impact it's going to have and like how important, you know, or interesting mm. it is, you know, which I think interesting is a, is a nicer word than important, but, you know, you can see why it's like relevant in, in business terms. But like there's been several times where I've been like looking down the trajectory of my life going, Mason, seriously, you've, you know, you've you've, you've I know your talking points. I know what you've got the capacity to talk about at a party. You know, I'm, I know... You've, you're thinking to yourself rather than listening you know, about what you're going to say next rather than listening mm. to someone anymore. You're boring, man. You're really boring. I don't know. It's scary, but I think you need to like take off again. You know, go get your go get your bag, get your swag and let's philosophically, you know, you know, go and like find something else which might be in opposition to, you know, other thoughts. And I don't know, like Tani, my wife brought up, brings up, it comes up a, a lot at the moment, David White, I think he's the Irish poet. Mm. He was in, he was here for like... I actually haven't listened to much of his stuff, just i listened to a little bit on um, that um, Wake Up podcast that I used for a little bit, <laughs> the Sam Harris one, but he's got a few, uh, yep. but he talks about... Um, you know, breaking promises, you know, and the promises that we make that we, you know, at the time have so sincere, but, you know, being aware that a part of making a promise is the likelihood that you weren't able to actually fully make that promise. And there mm. will having an awareness that there will be an aspect or all of it that you will break at some point and yeah. giving yourself the space to break, you know, break up with that that promise and honor it and not go into like a wrong or right or, you know, you, ne- you, you can't, you can't experience that that magic within a in a solely speaking the reductionist colonized mind language you can only speak that in the you know in experiencing the true nature of the continuous never ending infinite dance and harmony that is you know that is life mm. that is creation you know and there's a the feeling though beginning and end and feeling that you know that there's a constant you know, energy constantly transforming between expressions and you know various nuances like that you can't experience that and so it makes it very hard to go but i promised myself i'd always be into raving <laughs> I promised myself <laughs> that Tiesto would always be my. <laughs> I thought I'd go before my di- my vegan raw food days yes. and make that promise. I just remember that promise I made to myself when I was like seventeen. It's like, yeah, you can like take what you took, but you're gonna bre- you, you're gonna break a promise mm. to yourself. And, and having
0: that that forgiveness of yourself, go. You actually were not not in a position to make that promise and to start with. Maybe
1: there. it doesn't even take forgiveness. Yeah, at, at some point. But in the beginning,
0: it's a great function. And, and you know, those are a few examples that we can laugh at, but like, you know, that, over, what about like re- relationships, marriages, you know? That's... I will
1: never let anything happen to you. Yeah. And then something happens to you. That's what David, I think, that's what the one Tani and I talk about. Mm. I will protect you from everything forever. Mm. It's such a beautiful thing for like, you know, I connect to like a, you know, a young father, you know, you'd probably mm. relate to. What a beautiful, naive thing. Don't burst that bubble. The intentions pure. Like yeah. when someone gets into vegan, like oh my god, hey, I'm finding raw foodism and I'm finding veganism and I'm connecting to. Did you know this about you know the the, the cows and you know they're knocking down the Amazon and this and they the cows and the, you know cattle are the number one thing contributing. And mm. it's like, wow, what a beautiful place to be. What a manic, you know. And where I'm at is naive for them. That could be a real, you know, it's quite mm. mature. Well, what they're but, doing is they're questioning and they're yeah.
0: learning. Do you know that's a step and there's it's a, there'll be stumbles but that is beautiful because regardless of whatever ideology or diet or lifestyle or whatever they've chosen what they are doing is they are questioning and trying to find what's true for themselves mm. and that
1: is what's beautiful about it well you can see where i i have a probably a leaning towards the capacity for cynicism more than anything and i could you know you can see it maybe in the that you know in a you know, in a relationship i'm going to love you forever and you can see once you've been through you know whether it's a few you know like we've loved and lost a few times or you know whether you've um, you know been through some ideology and had like starry eyes about the magic of the world or you know the capacity for miracles for health and healing whatever it is and then you get your bubble burst a couple of times if you mm-hmm. don't have that if there isn't a mature conversation within that, say, health scene or activist scene or what David's talking about around relationships, there's no ceremony around closure and it just stays open-ended, you become cynical, you know? Fucking love is a lie, you know? All these people getting into veganism, I'm going to come and like burst your bubble way too soon. It's like, whoa, 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 you know? everyone's constantly budding in some new way which would be very gentle with these buds but you know how about contribute contribute to the environment that you know perhaps through your experience you kind of you have the you have the capacity now to go through your initiation processes to become an elder within this scene potentially where you can share you know, to the best of your ability, without projecting it on everyone. The capacity for them to take that, you know, and integrate that wisdom and be the guiding light for them to go through their process, to integrate through that process, and then maybe exit in a little bit of a smoother way than you. That's why. That's why. That's why I, I I like talking about this a lot because mm. I don't know how else to bring that awareness to like the health scene to ensure that there is like a bit more. You know. Uh, custodianship mm. through that process, but... Of course, because oh. tra- you, 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 you talked about you're
0: doing like 10-year strategy and business development, things like that, and holding that context because in 10 years' time, there'll be a new thing, there'll be new science, there'll be new products, there'll be new ingredients, there'll be new influences, there'll be new ways of communicating. So it's like if we fixate ourselves on this plan and this these values and these product, like that's probably going to change. In 10 years' time, man. So we've got to have – it's It's actually less about the, 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 the things, the what's that we put down on paper. It's more about the – it's less about what we are, who we are and what we want to do. It's more about how we be, how we approach, right? Hmm. Which you can say like apply that to a business context. You can apply that to our personal lives um, and – to your point before looping back to the to the comedic thing you know comedy and humor plays a role in yes in those transition phases it allows us a socially acceptable way sometimes not socially accepted but generally socially acceptable way to poke and prod and jest and play with these ideas that hang on This is fucking crazy what we're doing. (laughs) We can laugh about it, but then we can reflect and go, oh shit. It's like the the leading edge of change, right? These comedians. It's and and the fact that so many comedians right now are getting so much airtime, you know, you look at the Joe Rogans, the Russell Brands, et cetera, who are completely outperforming all of the mainstream media, just maybe points to are we in this moment collectively of quite radical change in the way in which we be and the way in which the world is and how we're interacting you know are these these some of these traditional systems starting to break down and we're just on the precipice and you know time is relative it's multi-generational I'm talking about here but are we just on the precipice of a new way of being and i think that perhaps we are you know it's really it's potentially a really exciting time like there's probably never been a more exciting time where we're waking up, and I'll use that term waking up or awakening, but realizing realizing that there is more to the way in which we've been living, right, and that's fascinating, and that's beautiful and to have who would have thought it would be comedians that would be leading us there?
1: <laughs> it is a crazy thought uh, i've and I've personally you know I'm like, yeah I've always. That's what I've always valued. Mm. That's what I valued, you know, went through a, it could have very easily been for me like a heavily, heavily indoctrinated Western way of living. It's not a bad thing. Maybe that would have just been, you know, and maybe I needed, maybe that's what I would have needed in that life is just a little bit of extra religious and, you know, like Western education system, you know, indoctrination for a little bit of extra challenge. But for this You know, I can't, you know, like it seems silly to people. I can't express enough of the debt of gratitude I have towards like The Simpsons, (laughs) um, South Park for that emancipation through satire of clinical ways of living. We've talked, you know, you're talking about, you know, comedians and maybe there's a waking up. The You know, whatever we call this reality universe... You know, whatever I'm inclusive, even for your flat earthers, in- infinite plane, um, like whatever it is, from what's been observed in the wisdom, all the wisdom texts, and across, you know, across, you know, many, many thousands of years, it's like it's always going to bring bring itself, it's going to c- continue to come back into harmony. Mm. Always, there's no stopping it. That's why I like the wisdom texts. It's why I pr- really enjoy. The classical Taoist, the classical Chinese medicine Taoist style of living, because it's real and, percep- and perceivable. It's it engages the senses. It's just being. It's like we have been really experimenting with a fringe field of experience of reductionism and think that that's everything which it's, it's not, it's a fringe field of exploration. And now if in that, res- in that you know, that correction, which I could just, you know, it's just, it's just a dance in coming into harmony and many of us feeling perhaps moving back into a harmonious place, that's where we go, oh, not only is that language of reductionism maybe not reality, it's maybe just, you know, m- you know perhaps it is, you know, language isn't necessary at all. These mm-hmm. languages aren't, you know, perhaps like, it's the difference between uh, a commercial kitchen and going into a kitchen of a family or you know, Italian mama, Greek mama, just a mama who like, brings, you, brings you, your senses alive. Mm. You know, she's not Soul food. She's right? not thinking about your adrenal gland secretions. She's not thinking about you know, iron metabolism. She's not thinking about it's been clinically shown that when you come into a house and you hear those aromatics hit you, that serotonin is released and that 50% is in the gut. It's like those things are nice. They're not real. You can't think of you can't sustain thinking about it for fifty years straight. It is impossible and it is foolish to try and attempt to get people to live in that robotic manner. Mm. You've completely ignored the actual state that people in when culture emerges within your family and within the heart of the home and within, you know, like within the family, you know, love between you and yourself and your partner, you know, like it's just that those those reductionist things. It's such a beautiful, I understand. I love it. I love it. I love love talking about it. I love diving into those places Mm. and those realms. And then, my God, we've got no boundaries in our world because we've got effed up spleen health, spleen soil health is absolutely shot due to the way that we live. Therefore, you know, from the Taoist perspective anyway, we have no capacity for bonds and boundaries, for genuine deep relationship to, you know, emerge from us in relationship between us and the sun, each other, ourselves, children, you know, like all of that. And then the boundaries, bonds and boundaries. To have a boundary and be like, hey that looking into the minutia of endocrine and immune systems is really great. But now we're putting up a, a break wall of soil and our boundary is now there and we, we're not going to sustain that way of thinking. Thank you very much in the home. This is a place to feel and be in reality.
0: Mm. And, and just like we talked about when, you know, we as individuals or we witness someone else who's in their personal lives, finding this ideology and then they're in that for a few years and then they go oh wait no that was wrong and they're stumbling and they go over here and they're trying to find this one and i mean that's the only way they can we can find what's true and our path and that's going to change constantly over time it's not like you go oh here's the path and i found it great now i'm done that is constantly changing it's constant process of evolution and change and reflection and just as you say harmony and then we step back and we think about the way in which we live our lives here on earth as a society as earthlings that's the only way we can find that you know that constant change as well how do we know that this reductionist way doesn't work well the only way we know is by trying it mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing right now is like we're in it we're trying it we're going ah and we're starting to realize we're, fuck oh, okay there's some problems with this <laughs> and the comedians are helping put us out they're like the guys going guys the emperor's got no fucking clothes on, <laughs> right? And that we, we go, oh, okay, shit. Wow. Yep. Okay. Now let's try going over here. And it's just around holding that with the right intention and way of being to approach it in that way of, yeah, harmony and, and understanding rather than going, oh, well, capitalism's wrong, so it must be communism. Oh, well, communism's wrong, so it must be this. It's, it's Yeah. It's, my God. It's, One of the more boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's not the what, it's the how, mm. you know? And, and I, um, yeah, I, I, it's, Mm. I, I just reflecting on it that way and going, well, do you know, we were always going to get here. It's not like we've done anything wrong. This is the, we were always going to get here. This is how it's supposed to be. So this is where we're at. And just acknowledging that this is a step on the journey, right?
1: That's it, man. I can, I can sense we're coming into land. Soon, and I think the only point that I, I – I, well, the only thing I left open, which would be nice to tie off, is finally bringing up what when we're talking about, you know, the value principles, for me, the virtues, which I look back, you know, I could passive-aggressively say what I want the values to be mm. and project on future Mason and Superfeast and, and team what we're going to do. You can see where that leads you open to ideology because mm. you're outside of reality. You know, you can feel like, well, I've you know, there's there's no capacity, just to, well, what, where where I came to is I'm like, what have what have we done? Like, what have we done in the past? Like, how do we end up here? We couldn't have ever plan for it. And I like having a crystal ball to the best of my ability, crystal ball to the best of my ability to understand where we're going to be in ten years. So I'm not against that, but with it being grounded in reality, mm-hmm. um, and that the, the capacity for that to emerge, I realized is up there and so is the Zhe so that's which the Zhe ZH the Zhe is um, I do my best not to appropriate or s- like slice out aspects of Taoist philosophy and just p- try and put them in an, a Western model um, so it's why I, but you know th- this I'm kind of feeling like wow we've really embodied that and Superfeast really embodied that which is you might have heard the three treasures Jing Chi, Shen I think you, of course you have we've talked about it mm. People have or not, but I've, I, we talk about that plenty in in Superface, The three treasures of you know of the body, which um you know which we guard. And we cultivate, and we have reverence for our jing, that foundational capacity, the potential chi. We bring animation to that potential, um, and then the shen is yeah, you know that that capacity for our our mind and our personality and our infinite spirit. That you know to to cultivate wisdom and learn from wisdom and allow that to be expressed. But, so you become become a legend when you're like 80 and <laughs> not other than an <laughs> asshole that projects your shit all over everyone. There's that, there's that metaphor of the candle, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, but we look at you know, a little bit of that, that, that why, why are we, why are we doing this? (laughs) And that's why there is a fourth treasure that kind of makes sense of it, which is, you know, each organ system, if it is allowed to flow, and what does that mean it's you know it's transforming between yin and yang expressions, and you know for some people that's fun to look into anatomical ways of what 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 they were pointing to there and for other people, it can be an experience tied in with emotional expressions and seeing the alchemical process of going from yin to yang and yang to yin and feeling wow, I can really perceive my you know that that um kidney water chi in the, in in the winter or winter times during my life so on and so forth but when that system, the kidney water, is in harmony to the best of our ability, and it always is to an extent, from it emerges its personality or its its spirit, which um, again it doesn't have to be liter- literal. Some maybe some people it helps for it to be literal. Whatever it doesn't you know you can put an animal on it and you know and, and an archetype on it like a sage. It doesn't really matter. It's whatever whatever works, um, while respecting the completeness of the system that that came from because you can't just cut you can't just scalpel and cut things out that you like and then leave the rest because mm. there's probably oh maybe we've been doing that and maybe we've left parts of the process behind and maybe there are other aspects <laughs> like <laughs> how to know how to then put down tools of an ideology and move on anyway that's like a, mm. so jur is the will the first the fourth treasure your will so when you you and emerges from that the kidney water flowing. So there's a lot that can go into like what well, the whole system, you know, needs to flow for the kidney waters to to flow. Um, including going through your dark nights of the soul and emerging from them with wisdom and integrating that wisdom. A lot to do with your jing. So people who know Jing, it's your capacity? You know, so you make sure you're not leaking it with like excessive lifestyle and the lifestyle that doesn't leave you susceptible to exhaustion. You're not like aggressively aging, so on and so forth, but it's capacity as well. So, when you have, you know, when you've got, you're doing enough in life where you're not going beyond your capacity, you can potentially get to the point where you're not even, you know, leaking Ching, which is also tied around your, you know, knee health and bone health and marrow and your capacity to reproduce cells and heal, um, your libido, your sexual vigor—you um, know the foundations for mental acuity. You know, found, it's, it's the foundation. Without the wax of the candle, kind of a flame, kind of light coming off it. But from that, that's, that, from that, we see the emergence of the personality of the kidneys, which is like I really, I have a capacity, and I naturally—not because I think it's the right thing to do—I can feel um, a spontaneous rising capacity and desire to take on some responsibility. Like I want weight. I want weight on my shoulders. Not superficial weight. I don't want to. I don't want to branded. I care, hmm. and I don't want to jump onto some bandwagon of activism because it seems like I care. And although they're, they're they're nice, they're like initiation processes. I really I desire responsibility and the weight on my shoulders, and it's invisible, and it's hard to articulate. Then what you want to go and use that on? And it's not for. It will never. It, it's never for a particular cause. It's just you know you've just you feel it emerge and you go, oh, wow, I've got capacity and a very, very sincere to die, desire to to take on weight. There's a willingness mm. there for it and then a hunger for it tied in with your Jing, which Jing dictates to you if you aren't living, say, you know, let's go to the bastardized term of sustainable, you know, sustainably within your own system you know you are going to start sacrificing your essence now your physical potential essence now in order to you know get what you need to get done and you're going to pay for it when you're 60 70 80 mm. 90 and you will degenerate but when you work within your system say sustainably let's say in, in a non-politicized reality of what sustainability is where perhaps you're actually cultivating and you're living responsibly in in harmony with what you consider to be you know the real life around you nature around you to the best of your ability then that that willingness and that desire emerges and then you naturally start to looking at your environment and then localization I feel like emerges from there because it's like what do I you're in you're in reality what do I naturally have the capacity to impact right now and um, if you superficially take up your pitchfork around something, you know, like global warming or pharmaceutical companies, but it's superficial, if you're actually in your essence, you can feel that that doesn't have any weight. Mm. So, you can feel you're not actually doing anything. You're just trying to cultivate or you're just trying to go and grab a, um, a morality identity, which is a good process to be on. But at some point, how about you actually take a little bit of weight and burden, and, and that's where you see it all around you. You see people. You're like, "Fuck that person was rad." You know, you, you know, fuck, we feel you know, it. What the fuck was going on with that? Bird? Yeah. They they rad. You get it. You yeah. can feel it. You
0: just <laughs> get it. It's unspoken. It's, yeah. We, the, 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 there's, it's, it's another language that we all speak. Mm. We just get it mm. sometimes. You bump into someone, and the opposite happens. You you, you see someone talk, or you bump into someone. Or you see a business doing something. And there may not be a rational fault, maybe at that point in time, but you're like,
1: something's fishy here. Yeah, I mean, we talk, like it's like when I saw the head of Amazon. It was that I was at a little influencer conference thing, in oh god, I think it's in the same. Is it where? Uh, I don't know. Not Arizona, anyway, somewhere deserty <laughs> in America. <laughs> Anyway Arizona Yeah Somewhere barren Barrett, Void of life Yeah The saguaro <laughs> cactuses All around Which is you know Anyway The the head of um, Whole Foods Came and spoke And he was like Anyway You could just be like I'm like This You know If any Like this is where like, I kind of like Like you know Like I like And you know Like Like foods Like tofu The someone I was like that was a that was the flabbiest l- speech i was so transparent this is why i like sometimes This is where my cynicism comes in i'm like did you get people all fall for that him coming up and trying to convince me that when Amazon walked into the room, it was like this. Maybe this is his truth, but the way, you know, going like, oh, you know, Amazon walked in and it was like, it's like when you're, you know, a, a teenager and someone you know, comes in, you're so attracted, and you're like, oh my God, I like them. And then Amazon was like, oh, we want to buy you. And they're like, oh my God, they like us. And it was just this perfect union. And he like, I'm like, this guy believes his own, this is, he believes the it shit coming out story, of the, coming out of his mouth right now. And I don't like, you can just feel, I'm not saying, He's just maybe naive in how to communicate the fact that this was right for him. But I'm like, don't try and appropriate, you know, authentic, you know, this is on mission for me and this has substance. Don't try and project that shit on me. It's the same when like, you know, when companies are bought and the people buying them, their PR department come in and tell them the way that you need to frame it. That's like, you know, just don't like... Don't insult us. Yeah. Don't insult us with this bullshit this this you, you you've got no weight. There's no genuine je. You're not actually chari- you're not charismatic anymore and I can see you've built, you know, maybe maybe you've progressed beyond the essence of what your core mission Why and you know when you cared about how you did it and the quality of the product you, the quality of you know i'm selling because my initial mission like was to you know connect with as many people and bring these products to as many people as possible did you ever have anything in your mission about the quality of the way that you were touching those people don't bullshit me mm. don't don't bullshit me i can feel it's hollow so there's like a lot of that's that's that, that, je, like I'm actually taking on more responsibility. I can feel, and if someone says that it might be an unpopular decision and I've watched people sell and I'm like, you know what? I think that person, they're trying to articulate something new and interesting, which no PR department would ever be able to produce. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. It's a tricky thing to do if you've had to acknowledge that the promise you made at the start of the company is changed for you. And you're needing to break up for it and your core community don't understand it, yet you stick around long enough and you, you treat them with enough respect and you put your head on the line and you acknowledge, you know, I've said one thing, I'm doing another and I'm going to really try and articulate this new territory that I feel I really want to and have to walk in. Like, I respect that, but not, not the shit show that you see. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, not always, but quite often a clear indicator of that is if someone needs to explain themselves... it's like okay something's out of alignment here something's not coming out of authenticity because um because when people do stuff even if it's radical or weird or different or change if it's true then you're like okay well i can see where they're coming from or i get it or i sense that from them you know they're changing whatever that's their truth Mm -hmm. but if someone needs to curate an explanation and they're considering particularly PR teams and they're considering how that is going to be perceived and that languaging, then already you're like, okay, this this has gone
1: foul. Right?
0: <laughs> Thanks. It such an indicator. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no,
1: that needed a little a little chappelle. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Oh man. Yeah. And so yeah, we, we could we could go on for hours, I think. And I love this um uh, this booth is conducive to that. Mm,
1: a little bit of a hot box today, which is nice. I'm in the hot seat. Yeah, got you sweating. <laughs> <I'm> sweating. <laughs> I'm like, you're like, what is any telling me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to dig in here. Are you about to sell? No. Um, I think
0: I think maybe we will land it there, Mason, but maybe we just, I don't know, peg something in the future to look back because this was a lot of fun. This is one of the least structured and most fun conversations I've had in a long time. Yeah. And We didn't talk at all about mushrooms or Super Feast or any of that. How I built this stuff, and I love that. I love that. That is quite unique in that sense.
1: Thanks, man. And look, I really appreciate, like, and you've got such an engagement with your path, not a particular area, here, that it naturally opens up a space where I feel I'm like, yeah, I'm going to explore and get a little bit clearer on actually how I think about this. And gives me like, I, I like, I love these conversations. I know I'm coming out of good. Good podcast energy when I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling really like I'm feeling way clearer there about with my, my business or mm. my approach to you know, virtues and values and all that kind of stuff. And I think um, I quite often when I when I go and do a talk, it's like the introduction to Taoist herbs and medicinal mushrooms. I get to the last ten minutes and I'm like, oh shit, I should probably mention a product. and um but i i mean it it works it's worked it's worked for me for nearly 11 years you know i'm sure you'd understand and appreciate how it's like sometimes it doesn't even matter people don't need to know the ins and outs of the products or that they you know they don't even know they're like little extract powders in 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 jars or they don't know how to use them but you know it's like well that's that's what's behind it that's what's behind you know this this company people connect with the with the
0: the the people because all the business is is just a manifestation or a front of the people behind the business right so people connect much more deeply with the the people and the personalities and the energy and the intention behind a brand rather than the product itself the product might be good but they'll they won't be loyal they'll chop and change whereas if like the reason why this form of media is becoming so popular is because it's so lacking and it's like this idea of these campfire sitting around the campfire looking into someone's eyes for an hour and having a deep philosophical conversation when do we ever do that you know and so people not only is it beneficial for the people having the conversation but for anyone listening to the conversation because you can't get that anywhere else and that's what people will resonate with more i think well personally that's my experience is if i hear someone and i like the cut of their jib I'm like, cool, I'm going to go support their product. Mm. (laughs) So, yeah, I'll I'll direct people in the intro to what Superfeast is. But, I mean, a lot of people will already know because you guys are just fucking killing it anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like I will like kind of finish on. I might haven't got a chance to get in and talk about the products. But, you Mm. know, there's one thing about Superfeast, like nearly, you know, we're coming up 11 years on, you know, since I bought that shelf company and named it (laughs) 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 Superfeast. Um, we get to work, we, we we get to work with some pretty magical herbs, and we talk, I talked about like a chicken and the egg around, you know, a comedian's the initiators, or are they the end point, bringing us into harmony at the end of a process? It's kind of like that with Taoist herbalism. And these these mushrooms and rhizomes and berries, and you know, some like animal, like you know, like deer antlers and you know pearls and these these herbs, even some clays, like coming from these ancient texts that. And you go past the text part and you go past and you look at it like think about how many humans have gone in, how many millions of humans and how many like unfathomable hours have gone in to, you know, you know going out and experimenting with, you know, first of all, what plants and mushrooms work and don't. And then mm. sitting in, you know, lifetimes, decades, maybe a like, you know, whole lifetime spent just, you know, contemplating, you know, reishi, you know, what's how does that feel? You know, how does eucomia mm. you bark feel? Wow, it's good for treating, you know, a broken bone or yang jing deficiency you know whatever that is for them and then like and then developing you know an awareness of you know something that's perceivable and then feeling how that relates to terminology emerging from that perception of yang you know say yang jing in that instance and then going oh wow and identifying what your bark does as you integrate it into your diet long term and then starting to go maybe we need to systemize this to an extent where we don't lose the essence but we, we, we can encapsulate the fact that these herbs are cultivators of life versus healers of symptoms in the way that we collaborate with them. And we will call them tonic, and even though all herbs and medicines are tonic, if you catch them at the right time, because you understand how to read the body and where it's at. with It's in a yin yang or cycle of the transformation between yin and yang within the elements. If you go a little bit, you hone in a little bit more. Anything can be tonic and adaptogenic if you get it at the right time whereas these tonic herbs they're really forgiving and the 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 band is like way wider so you know for a layperson you can bring that in to your into your your kitchen your household with slight awareness of how to use herbs and you can connect with this lineage so imagine how many millions of people have gone into bringing us that and then let alone the fact that these herbs have been so rare you had to go and, you know become a become a a recluse or go and work within a um, you know, work. You know, do your work within. You know, a particular temple that was like. You know, we've chosen those sacred sites because you know, within China, there's like, okay, good sp- spring water. There's tea here, and there's lots of tonic herbs. Wow, there's like Shisandra here, and there's like, you know, up north, there's like, well, you know, there's Shaga here, there's Siberian sabir- ginseng here, you know, there's Shazandra here, there's ginseng here. Right, you know, this is a place. This is a place to base yourself and you know connect with my role my capacity to become like a bridge between heaven and earth and learn what it is for my chi to flow and become harmonious and then capture that and describe it and you know have philosophical conversations imagine how many campfire conversations have gone into us now been able to you know offer these herbs which are very rare you know or it's like so either the recluses or the the emperors, you know, and the upper class that can get access to these most precious herbs, astragaluses, ginsengs, Durantla velvets, you know, the schizandras, you know, the gojis to an extent and then evolving and then knowing, you know, feeling that there is a, a movement that doesn't, you know, it's nice to see that there's somewhat of a branch off of, you know, to an extent commodification and looking at people like reducing it to its parts so that we explore how we can help on the fringes. But that's become a dominant narrative, and there are people kind of staying in that classical connection to you know what is the personality of these herbs? What do we how do we respect and revere these herbs? And what you know what needs to be in place to ensure that we don't go into complete commodification Mm. and 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 disconnect and disconnection from ourselves? And so, to that extent, to get to this point here where we within this you know big you know like it's like I've got a little video series sometimes I do it and it's like can I go into these go around to like you know Byron Bay and I like just get a video of everyone you know enjoying themselves and go we now return to another installment of white people enjoying the empire <laughs> you know but <laughs> like to you know, um but you know I I try and that's where my comedic nature helps me inquire about myself and what I'm actually doing here because it's quite a head fuck to be honest mm. to be working within a lineage and be walking that line of like you know um, am i am i using it is it using me are we in collaboration am i just bullshitting myself you know what what's actually you know what's actually happening here so i use comedy to like narrate and you know take the piss out of myself but when you can nothing can deny if you drop into what it's what's gone into ensuring that these herbs the, the Taoists, they're like these are the precious herbs, these are the superior herbs, the messengers from heaven. they are so special and they what they what they allow in terms of a cultivation of a capacity for life to be protected inside of yourself rather than just used and commodified itself is very special and huge to me, and so that's to be getting to the point where where you know the business is scaling naturally on its own accord and been able to go in a way you know have these kinds of conversations where i can really get into my internal process of how we do this while ensuring that that essence and gratitude is we're just an extension of that and all those you know lives that have gone in you know and to like having a relationship and seeing what mm. this collaboration friendship between these herbs and humans are you know and animals you know what is actually really is so if anyone wanted a little snapshot around what you know Super Feast is, you know we yeah. kind of like that's that's kind of it.
0: I think that comes through beautifully as well. Like you guys do such a good job; it's clear that you are not just like, "Hey, here is a supplement that this biohacker said is good for you," you know, and then we're gonna we're gonna try to capitalize on it by making a shit ton of money. It's the polar opposite of that. It's exactly I couldn't describe it better. You've just summed it up beautifully. It's like it's the the the, the completeness, the the, the reverence for what you these herbs that you are just they're not yours that you have taken and patented and sold it's like you're just you're just supporting the process of getting this to people and helping people connect with that deeper sense of you know long-held tradition and culture that we have completely lost and that comes through in the brand and the business and i think that's that's what people will connect with you know and it it might take a bit longer for people to get that and grasp that But when they do, it's like, wow, okay, this is real. And I feel it and I sense it. And then that comes through in all the other generous things you guys do, like fuck the amount of podcasts and blogs and information that you put out for free for people to read and hear and understand. Like that just, it's just, just goes so much deeper. And it's just clear that that's true. And I just, you know, I think you guys should be commended on that. So I'll, I'll thank you for not only your... You know your time and having this conversation and having a lot of fun but also yeah what you guys are doing the work you're doing it's really important so you know thanks, thanks man you.
1: thank you yeah we appreciate it it's been a pleasure it sure has been
0: yeah we shall uh i don't know we shall do another one sometime maybe or curate it a bit more but we'll see
1: we've got we got two we got we got the super feast podcast to jump on and then we've got my Scallywag podcast Mason Taylor show oh, we got it, we'll wanna, have to jump on you there you want to put a couple on your platforms yeah I think so alright sweet I mean this Let's was a good of. chat I feel like I don't know we feel like I'm I'm like this would be an amazing chat even to put on the Superfeast platform and then maybe we can just go on the Mason Taylor show and just cut loose <laughs> so there's okay. like no need yeah. for professionalism there Let's
0: do it <laughs> um, this was professional alright <laughs> awesome cheers brother thanks man so good
1: It was fun. I enjoyed myself thoroughly.